This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Sorry. <laughs> the Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores, boy, you better get to them this weekend, brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 304, January 17, 2020. It was 44 degrees was the high for this day, and that occurred back in 1894, 26 below on this day in 1967. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. I have an idea. Here okay. is your flashlight king, Wait. fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense. Your mayor, Joe Sushire. For every 300 and however many episodes we've done, it's a 304. You've began every show mm-hmm. with the weather records of the day. Right. I think you should add one. Okay. Joe's fun fact of the day. Yeah. <laughs> Since you blessed us with one before we began Talk the program. Talk to us about yeah, hippopotamuses, Joe. Well, I was explaining to you uh, how the hippopotamus. Uh, marks its territory. How is it? Uh, Tell us, Mar- uh, Marlon. This Perkins. was on. Uh, <laughs> this was on. Uh, BBC America is a planet. The planet hippopotamus Earth. is uh, marking its territory. Uh, it. Uh, I can do this uh, carefully. It. Uh, it defecates. Okay. Yeah. And then it uh-huh. uses uh, its tail to whip the material around. So the the hippo walks around and the tail is acting like a giant. Uh, fan blade mm. and it it uh, distributes the material Got it. and that that apparently is enough to uh, cause the up, other hippopotamuses to have some dismay the thing that and uh, realize this is this guy's place the thing that Marlon Perkins is leaving out by the way this is Jim uh, uh, <laughs> the the material as he calls it is about the size of rookie's head no actually <laughs> actually actually for purposes of marking territory uh, it's rather uh, small segments hmm yeah, as opposed to maybe a regular. You do know that stop on the tour. That most animal species do mark their territory that I, way. I, I understand, but usually it's with uh, liquid. Yeah, you know, wolf deal. That's wolf. enough. And that concludes uh, Joe's uh, fun fact of the day. Would I you want a hippopotamus for Christmas? A old hippopotamus will do. <laughs> A hippopotamus for Christmas. Do you care to? I do, want to see its tail fling some poo. <laughs> <laughs> would, would you like to talk That's about? That's what it does. It flings it. Yeah, flings poo. Why was this topic uh, brought up in the first place? Right. What led to this topic? What was the lead up? I don't know. The light went on and you hit the button. Well, I talked about you know. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It, it say what is it, uh, Rook? When you uh, encounter something uh, unknown twice in twenty four hours, it oh, is uh, a Bader Meinhof. Yes. Oh, gross! I'm seeing a video of it now. Yeah, I didn't know this. Yesterday, <laughs> we had uh, Andrew Town in, who uh, was part of a team of six who successfully became the first humans to roll from Chile. Did you guys watch any of the clips yet? Oh yeah. Oh. 
from Chile to uh, Antarctica, and I could interview that guy every day. Yeah, he was. Yeah. You know what? I was afraid to ask him. When I thought of this today. I was afraid to ask him if he was a golfer. Why? Because because if he is, oh. I bet he's a scratch. Right. He's, yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't. You only would have frustrated yourself. I, I would have left. I would have said, <laughs> yes. I can't take it anymore. Yes. Uh, in any event, we learned that yesterday, and then today, uh, I learned that the three brothers from Edinburgh, Scotland, have broken the world record for yeah. rowing across the Atlantic Ocean. I saw that. Yeah. Wow. The McLean brothers, they did it in 35 days, beating the record of 41 days. Isn't that something? Did they use the Gulf Stream? Uh, they were competing against a, uh, a big uh, group. Uh, they were taking part in the Talisker Whiskey Atlantic Challenge, where teams of rowers race across the Atlantic in the quickest time. The brothers are known as Broar. Like we say bra, bra. Yeah. they're Broar. Bra. Uh, they set off from La Gomera and the Canary Islands on 12 December and arrived uh, 35 days, 9 hours, and 9 minutes later uh, on this side of the Atlantic. Uh, it's not telling me... It's not telling me where, uh, but they look like uh, they're uh, f- some fit fit fellows. Thirty five days, wow! Uh, trying to read what else it is. Well, it, you- it tested our relationship, but it was remarkable how we were still able to lift each other up as we struggled. It brought us closer together. Uh, we don't do things by halves, so we were always going for the world record. I'm incredibly proud of beating the record, but mostly I'm proud of the money we've raised for charity and the difference it will make to two causes close to our hearts. Who knows what will come next? We'll be eyeing other oceans. So uh, I bet that's something that Andrew Town and his crew are probably aware of. Sure. Uh, I don't think this diminishes the town accomplishment by any means. Uh, it's just a longer row, but maybe in calmer waters. But what was very interesting, what Andrew stated uh, when you asked, I think you asked him if somebody else was going to try this, and he said, I don't think so, because the only thing that can be beaten would be the time. You know, we beat them in right. seven days instead of ten days, whatever. And, and remember, was, they budgeted. Oh. I thought that was the most amazing statistic yeah. of his story. They budgeted 21 days mm-hmm. and did it in 13 yeah, that was amazing. I have something regarding the outdoors and fitness that I need to read. Uh, here it is. It's from Hillevy. Remember our friend Hillevy? Certainly. Who now lives in Colorado? And she's referring to uh, the challenge that emailer Jay has issued you, Kenny, to join them on one of their outings uh, in the winter. And she writes, I heard Jay, uh, GL or Jay discussing the adventures of geezers staying fit in Minnesota and Colorado. He must be in amazing shape for unless you've done it, you don't realize how hard it is to climb the fort, the fourteeners in the Rockies. He mentioned climbing Mount Elbert, the tallest mountain in Colorado at 14,440 feet. Picture this. You are starting in Leadville. Is it Leadville or Leadville? I think it's Leadville. You are starting in Leadville, so you begin at an elevation over 10,000 feet. Your actual trek is about 4,700 feet of total elevation gain in just under five miles of hiking. That's about 1,000 feet every mile. Most of the hike will be above the tree line on rocks and granite, so you must be prepared. Hiking at a high altitude means carrying a lot of water to maintain hydration. At two pounds per liter, water is the heaviest thing in your pack. Rule of thumb is to drink a liter of water every two hours. Uh, hikers must get a very early start because if and when the frequent thunderstorms come along in the early afternoon and you're above the tree line, you are sticking out like a lightning rod. So the object is to climb to the top and get back down below the tree line before noon. That is a power hike. GLJ is seriously fit. I am impressed. 
I'm not certain what a female geezer is called, but at 64, I certainly am one. My goal is to stay active until I drop, and that's why I love those mountains. Last summer, we camped and hiked throughout Yellowstone for seven days. Then we gave ourselves three semi-relaxing days at the historic Old Faithful Inn. It was heaven. Plans are now underway for this summer's adventures. As a side note on your Forest Fire podcast, I encourage you to revisit the 1988 infamous Yellowstone fire when 36% of the park burned. I remember that. I was out there during that fire. Lightning strikes caused 42 of the fires. I spent time talking to one of the gentlemen who was a firefighter at that time. He stated the general consensus was that they had managed the slash instead of following the ecological trend to leave it to decompose naturally. He stated the general consensus was that had they managed the slash, meaning cleaning up the debris, I guess, instead of following the ecological trend to leave it to decompose naturally, the fire would not have been as large and destructive as it was. Campers are now allowed to pick up and use deadwood as they manage their campfires, just as we are in Colorado. Common sense. Here we are, Joe, just a couple of 64-year-old geezers, Derry and Hillavy, and uh she says, I hope you don't foghorn my husband's name. He was named for County Derry, Ireland, where his mom met his dad when stationed there during World War II. Oh, cool. At, when she landed at the airbase piloting a Spitfire, <laughs> piloting a female pilot in the RAS. Ma was a tough one. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, oh, cool. We're going to do our going to the sun thing, aren't we? I, I, I'm down if you are. I, I, I feel that as, as the date gets closer that you're going to start... Uh, somehow backing out or weaseling out or telling us to stay. Why, home. why would you do that? Why would you say that? Yeah, it's me? just yes, t- you in the back. Typical sushire behavior. Uh, in well, fact, really. the <laughs> chief engineer in the building is also a huge Garage Logic fan, and he looked at me, came up to me yesterday afternoon, and said, "You do realize how easy it is to take the show on the road." Yeah. Why in the hell would I want to ruin the trip by doing the show? <laughs> right. Because <laughs> we need to write it off and get paid. Oh. Dumb dumb. Well, you can still write it off. You talk about it when you get back. Got to get paid. All right, Jim Desty race. Going to the Sun Road. You ready? Guys, I drove going to the Sun Road last summer. It is spectacular, but let me give you some advice. Number one, get on the road early, sunrise, to avoid traffic that increases throughout the day. Number two, plan on stopping for photos. After your bathroom break at Logan Pass, take a short hike. Number three, it can snow 12 months out of the year. I was there early July, and they had a significant amount just days before. Cool. Number four, if you travel east to west, as I did, you are on the mountainside as opposed to the drive off the cliff side. Right. More often and... Uh, That's how I did it. More often and thus less scary for your passenger. Yep. However, you don't have to drive off the cliff to die. Unfortunately, a young girl was killed last year from falling rock. No doubt Joel will be worried he's going to die from either falling rocks or driving off a cliff because he was looking up watching for falling rocks and not the road. Good luck. He brought up a very, very good point when you're doing any of those national parks, and especially Yellowstone, and you're not going to like this, make sure the alarm goes off at 3.30 and you're rolling by 4.30 because after 10 a.m., all of those parks become unbearable. There are so many people in them. Um, seriously, we did Yellowstone three days in a row, uh, was it last summer? And uh, we were out of the park by noon every day. And by the by noon, it's bumper to bumper, stop traffic, yeah. and just ridiculous. Are we loving our parks to death? Uh, we are. We are. And they are awesome parks. Well, I, I've done Yellowstone. The one I want to see is Yosemite. 
Yeah, never been there. Yeah, never been there. Rook, what do you plan on doing with the RV? You're gonna probably take off about what five, six. Yeah, we're gonna be skirting the uh, the just the edge of the cliff. So we gotta we got gonna be some tight. Let turns. me ask you something on this fall off the cliff side. There's no guardrails. Uh, no, it's just un, it's it's unbelievably unnerving when you're on the cliff side. Mm-hmm. I, I've done both sides. Well, of can the, you do it? Can you do the mountainside both ways and avoid the falling off the cliff side? Can you go east to west without falling off the cliff, and then go west to east without falling off the cliff? A, a lot of the, the a lot of the overlooks would be uh, if you're going east to west, they'd be on your left. A lot of them are, um, but then coming back, but they're both no. We do it. We do a, a, either a round trip or we'd go from east to west and then down uh, past. Uh, I should have the map up. We just talked about the lake the other day where the Echo uh, Lake. Yeah. Down past there. Uh, in, in my case, I stayed in uh, Great Falls. I got up at 3, was on the road by 4, got into the park by, I, I'm going to say, 5. What park are we talking about? Uh, Glacier. Yep. And then exited the park, uh, I'm going to say it was early afternoon. And by uh, by that time, it was bumper to bumper. I'm planning on going to bed at 3. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, it might be that I have somebody that comes up. <laughs> That's why we need to go in separate cars so I can get up at three in the morning and, and do be what you want to do yeah. and not deal Without with you. deal with you morons like me. Yes. Yeah, we'll go in shifts. Yes. Kenny will lead the first charge at three. I'll roll out about noon. <laughs> why don't we take a break? Okay. Let's do that. I have a buddy who every year has three New Year's resolutions. Let's call him Bob. He rarely succeeds in these resolutions, and he's not alone. Only 10% of us do succeed. Then it hit me. Bob should call the Canopy Group. Why? Because Bob wants to read more? No. Because Bob wants to lose 20 pounds? No, we're not going to help with that. But we can help him with the third resolution, and that is to save money. He can start by calling the Canopy Group with its 20 professional agents. They can help Bob save money on his home and auto insurance and have better coverage. The Canopy Group's 16 companies assure Bob's success, not just this year. They will do this for Bob every year. Bob will get the best coverage at the best price. Our clients save an average of $628 annually. Hand your New Year's resolution over to the Canopy Group and be part of the 10% with Bob who succeed in accomplishing at least one New Year's resolution. Call 800-967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com. I got to buy Dylan dinner. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Suchere. I think he really needs cash at this point. <laughs> I, uh, I can second that. Yeah. Okay, I'll give him the equivalent of cash then. Say, uh, I thank you, listeners. You uh, really enjoyed the John Abraham interview on Wednesday. You really enjoyed the Andrew Town interview yesterday. The emails continue to come in on the uh, Abraham interview, and I think I'm going to make an executive decision and uh, uh, read three that I've selected, and then I think we'll be done with that. Is that fair? Uh, we, we can't keep talking about an interview as uh, the longer the time period extends away from the interview. And, and we are, mostly you, are making a special point to find more guests 
that are equally interesting. We don't want to look for guests. No, I want them to be interesting to me. Yeah, just right. we don't need guests just for guests' sake. Like a really good celebrity. Well, that's chef. why we've always said guests will never have guests. Never in have. this industry, you can get a monthly <laughs> yeah. document that yeah. says, "Talk to this guy; he's an expert on dogs." You know, I don't care. That's where the yeah. bit "Call Me Now" comes from. Right, right. But right. what about when they release the other documentary? Would it be worth having him back? I on? would love to. Okay, because I think to. that there was some stuff he was un- either unwilling to say or contractually obligated not to say for fear of, you know. The one question right. you guys didn't ask is where do they go to the bathroom? I did think about that, but I didn't want to get and, and I'm not trying to be provocative, Such. No, I think I read it. They, where, just, they just had a, a can. They just had a I mean, coffee can or I something. Mean, number two. Well, they just did it and probably hippo flung style. it over the hippo style. Hippo probably style. flung it over the side. Here we side. go. I'm marking this one. This one's <laughs> mine. Drake Passage, that's ours. <laughs> so... John writes, Joe, I have two observations about your visit with Professor Abraham. The first thing that stood out to me was that his entire position was one of GL, namely conservation. If you don't need to waste energy, don't. That's a principle that GL and every conservationist has held as sacred forever. You don't have to believe that man is causing the climate to change and that change is bad to agree that we can all be less wasteful. I'm on board with wasting less. I'm not on board with a new religion that does, in fact, seek to coerce my behavior for its own ends. He seemed to espouse the former, and I appreciate that. Secondly, I appreciated his honesty in saying that there was no what's the ocean supposed to be and that he was simply relaying his observations. What makes me the most curious is that the data he's working with is no more than 70 years old, but people have living on, been living on this planet much longer than that, and oceans have been around even longer. His concern seems to be based on his observation of a relatively scant amount of data, which leads me to continued realism. Namely, the earth is ebbing and flowing, and we're not making it faster or slower, but we can always be better about how we use our resources, and that's been a pillar for GL as long as I've been listening. Thanks. Keep pushing back. John Henderson. I think he's capturing our sentiments. Nice. Mm -hmm. You know what I'd like to see us talk about sometime in the future and maybe try to find a guest about it is... Uh, the benefits and the pros and cons of coal power, coal mm-hmm. power plants. Mm-hmm. I'd really like to break that down. Well, I think the Chinese would be experts on it. Yeah. Uh, this is from Clark. A couple of things regarding the podcast with Mr. Abraham. I have used the Google for my facts. Number one, his claim was, we are responsible as humans and the way we live. I heard nothing to show how we are doing this. Well, he would say the use of fossil fuels. Plus, he also, as they all do, claim Americans are to blame. I don't think he specifically did, did he? Mm -hmm. We, the USA, represent 4.25% of the world's population, and we, America, only cover 6.25% of the land mass of the world. So how can we be to blame for this? Number two, oceans average 2.3 miles deep, the same as the fact that we have only recorded temperatures for 50 years. How about recorded temperatures from the bottom of the ocean, too? He claimed that the ocean temp was because of the atmosphere. I would agree to a point. My take, the bottom of the ocean would have its temperature determined mainly from the bottom of the ocean, especially where it's miles deep. The bottom of the ocean temperature must be from the earth that deep, uh, not the atmosphere. How can he claim that the ocean temp comes from the atmosphere? Number three, same as you, Joe. I believe we should be good stewards, but hate the scare tactics like the A-bomb explanation. Plus, as stated above, even if you buy into his proof, it ain't America making the mess. And then he uh, provides a joke for us. 
a marriage, uh, a couple was in marriage counseling. Mm -hmm. She said, he doesn't care to learn to remember anything about me. He just doesn't pay attention at all. The husband said, that's not true. To that, the wife responded, oh, really? If that's so, tell me, what's my favorite flower? The husband responded, I know this one. It's gold medal. And that's when the fight started. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> and finally, uh, oh, that's it. It's, I selected two. I selected two. Gold. Most emailers uh, wish us to remember, as we do, that A, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great big globe as Andrew Town told us, yeah. uh, and many other countries are far more uh, uh, profligate in their pollution than we are. And number two, we don't have enough data to, uh, to suggest uh, that uh, we should be worried about anything. And that's my position. I'm not worried about anything, and I've come to understand that you can use all the bomb analogies you want, uh, but apparently the oceans are so vast and contain so much water that it really becomes kind of a meaningless yeah. statistic. Well, remember meaningless his line, tactic. the 12 foot wingspan albatross yeah. floating, floating yeah. above them? Yeah. Just waiting. That's dinner down there, some rowing. <laughs> you're, you're, you're conflating two subjects. Yep. I'm, I'm I talking think he's crisscrossing. But oh. Abraham and. and uh, I mean, even town. one degree. I you mentioned town. I did, but I'm still with Mr. Abraham. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. You crossed the continent. Divide. I took a left. I took a right. My bad. Even one degree of warming of this water does create more humidity in the air, okay. which lead. Well, okay, if you're going to be like that, I'm not going to. What do you mean if I'm going to be like that? I said, okay. Well, you're giving, me the, you're giving me the. <laughs> no, I'm shut not. The F no, up I'm one. not. <laughs> <laughs> wow. God, he's difficult. It's a look yeah, he's sometimes. used to, apparently. Well, I told you before the show, I got something going on. <laughs> So right. Why don't you go yeah. take care of it? Well, right. I'll probably be gone. Because we might not see months. him again. I'll be gone for 40 to 45 40 minutes. 40 to 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Say, uh, Clark writes, I know your last name, referring to me. However, on your podcast webpage, under the more information link, only your first name is listed. One could infer by your Twitter address what your last name is. However, not everyone is as computer literate as I am. Editorial, editorially yours, Clark Loney. P.S. Enjoy the podcast. Wait, what? I don't know what he's talking about. So why? Read it again. I'm, I'm just, I'm just G.L. Joe. I, he's wondering what my last name is, but he was able to determine it, of course. I don't understand. So your first. Well, name I just is, read it. I know, but I don't, I don't understand what he's trying to say. On your podcast webpage, yeah. under the More Information link, only your first name is listed. I, I guess he wants both names listed, but we all know what my f last name is. Right. Huh? huh? Right. Well, well, none of us are listed on the on the website. That's what I'm wondering. You know who we got an email from? <laughs> okay. Where do you go? Our great friend Doris Mould. Oh, oh, cool. Doris. Great. We love Happy Doris. Happy New Year, Doris. Awesome. She uh, has taken care of us during every state fair, providing us with our... Here's today's State Fair Animal. Exactly. Uh, dear Mayor and residents of GL, on these cold early spring days, she, she's, she's a 21st <laughs> yeah. Yeah. on these cold early spring days, it is nice to take the chill off and sit by the warmth of my glowing computer and listen to the mayor and the gang in all their glory. Mr. Town, what an incredible adventurer. I thought dairy farming was scary, and then I looked at the photos of their rowing adventure. I will stick to farming. Yeah. Thank you all for being you. Looking forward to seeing you at the fair. It's only 223 days. Oh, 12 oh, hours. Doris. Doris. 12 hours and Girl. nine minutes away. All the best, Doris, <laughs> GL Animal Wrangler. We're going to be back with John Heights News. The Earth.
Earth is not your mother. The Joe Suchere Show. Dylan Height on the GL Podcast. I know it. Nice stuff. Playing every instrument. Wow, what a show off. It really is. So we talked about this earlier in the weekend. Oh, oh, oh wait a minute, wait a minute. Um, you guys got to uh, help me rem- uh, remind me I need to mention a lovely parting gift. So don't let me end this uh, discussion about DK Mags without talking about that. Okay, so we talked about this. When it's time to acquire your very first handgun or firearm, whatever it may be, DK Mags is absolutely the place with locations in New Brighton, a second one up in uh, Monticello called Monticello Pond and Gun. And like I said earlier in the week, it just so happens that I know a gal who was new to firearms a few years ago. She needed to acquire two handguns, uh, one to take the class to carry, or excuse me, one just for the range, 22 to take to the range, another one, uh, a 380 to carry. Uh, she took the class. Everything was fine, but it was her treatment, the way the guys at DK Mags treated her, uh, that it's what finally sold me. Because let me tell you something, this broad, she asks way too many questions. And if the guys at DK Mags can deal with her, they can definitely deal with me. And and that's been my experience. They're absolutely awesome. Every single one of the guys that work there, including the gunsmithing guy up there, they're always willing to help, uh, be it on the phone or at the counter. It doesn't matter. It was her experience that led me to DK Mags. I've been love in love with them uh, no, uh, ever since. And no matter what you need, I don't care if you just need a, a target gun or a long gun for hunting or uh, deer hunting or an AR, they've got it all, and they'll help you out. Now, GLers, I remembered. You don't have to remind me, guys. When you go to DK Mags in New Brighton or Monticello Pond and Gun, you got to tell them, and and you can whisper if you want, tell them you're a GLer because they're going to slip you something cool. They, They have lovely, what I like to call, Lovely parting gifts. They call nice. them promotional items. You know, they cost a few, five, ten bucks, whatever. Chachki? Yeah. They're going to set you up with the free junk, and yeah. that's really cool. So make sure when you go into DK Mags in New Brighton or Monticello Pond and Gun, be sure to tell them you're a GLer. They've got a parting gift for you. Uh, DKMags.com. It's the joint for us, DLers. Uh, DLers? Yep. DLers. I think it's GLers. Direct D-L-ers. logic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's DKMags.com and Monticello Pond and Gun. Here's Johnny Height. Thanks, Joe. Metro Transit wants to spend $1.3 million for upgraded high-resolution light rail transit security cameras that police can watch live to help respond to crimes quicker and make light rail cars safer for customers. So then we can identify the people we're going to let go quicker. (laughs) Right. That got on for free. Wow. Isn't that the truth? Cameras would produce video images six times greater than current security cameras. And Metro Transit spokesperson Howie Padilla says the quality of the video would help law enforcement identify suspects and give officers a 360-degree view of the entire light rail car. Padilla said it's like adding a police force multiplier. When someone notifies us of a possible problem on a car, the officers can watch it in real time and dispatch people quicker to the specific car and scene of the problem. Padilla said the new high-resolution cameras would be installed in all 91 cars and an added benefit to the quicker response times is a higher apprehension and arrest rate of suspects. Padilla says this will undoubtedly lead to more arrests. That's a good thing. Metro Transit records show aggravated assaults have more than tripled in the past five years. And the new cameras, if approved, are designed to help reverse that trend. If the Met Council approves the plan in the coming weeks, Metro Transit says they'll start installing the cameras right away. But he has said the goal is to have them in every LRT car by the end of 2020. Hmm. Is the uh, excavation underway for Southwest Light Rail through that lovely 
Cedar, and uh, Lake being, of the Isles. They're being very, very quiet. What so, a shame. So they don't make the residents mad. What a shame. Just yeah. a shame. Yeah. Update on the story we had yesterday. Authorities now have taken a suspect into custody and identified him after a fatal hit and run in Blaine Wednesday night. According to the Anoka County Sheriff's Office, authorities responded to a report of an incident at 109th Avenue at about 9.30 in the evening. When they got there, they said they found a pedestrian had been hit by a vehicle. The driver had left the scene at the time. By the time authorities got there, according to the Sheriff's Office, authorities administered aid and the pedestrian was taken to Mercy Hospital, where he was later pronounced dead. The victim identified as 58-year-old Kenneth Allen Neeson. The Anoka County Sheriff's Office said the incident was in a Target parking lot, but it didn't involve any Target shoppers. But there were some sort of gathering, they said, in the parking lot beforehand. Hmm. Wonder what they were gathering about. Right. Suspect was found and taken into custody. The Sheriff's Office reported the Anoka County Sheriff's Office identified the suspect as 30-year-old Pierre Jarrell Anderson of St. Paul. Anderson has not yet been charged in connection to the incident, which remains under investigation. St. Paul City Council passed a resolution on January 8th called Opposing the Indiscriminate Killing of Wildlife in the Form of Wildlife Killing Contests. Coyotes. 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 You're a city council hard at work. I discovered a new guy from Canada, a trapper up in Canada, calls him Coyotes. 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 I didn't know we had such competitions. This uh, specifically mentioned several uh, coyote or coyote hunting events statewide in Oak Grove, Watertown, Sacred Heart, Madison, and Ortonville. Hunters who take part often get prizes for the size or number of animals killed. How long before uh, Annie Gaylor piles everybody into oh, the 1958 yeah. Pontiac ambulance hearse and races to the scene of the crime at Sacred Heart, Minnesota? <laughs> <laughs> They'll change their tune when, yeah. when their little uh, purse dog gets snatched yeah. up and carried away. <laughs> Council member Rebecca Noker represents Ward 2. She said, it's just not how I think we should be teaching our children to think about the world around them. Wow. That's not your job, Rebecca. So, uh, out of touch with Not nature. Not your job, Completely Rebecca. Completely out of touch. She sponsored the your resolution. Your job is the streets, Rebecca, and they're the worst in North America. She sponsored the resolution. The resolution passed unanimously. The issue, <laughs> issue was brought to Noker by a constituent in October. The organizer of the Buffalo... It had to be a prematurely gray-haired 42-year-old woman with a cloth shopping bag. <laughs> the organizer of the Buffalo Ridge Coyote Hunt, who asked to uh, be identified as Ty, told our TV affiliate, KSTP, they were flabbergasted by the resolution. He said their last event raised more than four grand, and all of that went back into habitat enhancement. Yep. He said they worked with the DNR to purchase more than 10,000 trees and bushes. He said, we by no means glorify killing. We are the most ethical out there. He said they kill the animals properly, then sell them to a fur buyer who disposes of the carcasses. According to the DNR, coyotes are not a protected species, which means there are no limits to how many you can kill. Year around. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No seasonal restrictions. Animals are typically not protected if they're abundant or a nuisance, according to the DNR. Aren't they both? Uh-huh. Agency uh, says coyotes are considered both abundant and a nuisance. About 36,000 coyotes are harvested each year by fifteen to 20,000 hunters. The uh, fellow with the Buffalo Ridge Coyote Hunt said they hold the hunts to manage population and prevent uh, them from going after animals and pets. However, Councilmember Noker hopes they're, quote, just the first to pass a resolution oh, like this. She's so uninformed. Often the city of St. Paul can be a leader in influencing change at the state level, she said. Often, uh, name me one example. Right. Just give me one example. She added, I think the more that we can spread those values of respecting animal life and basic kindness to other life forms. Oh, my God, she's just... 
I think she keeps that well, we have a, we had an animal uh, the animal person welcoming the coyotes to town. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. they, yeah. they went to a convention That's in right. Vegas right. and they yeah. visited the St. Paul booth. Yep. Who so was they that? came here. Hey, Rex, we got to head north. Yeah. We're going to St. Paul. They want us. And that's the problem. These folks see these coyotes in town and they think <laughs> they're all tame. And they'll walk your parks, and they'll come up to you and eat breadcrumbs out of your hands. It's not the case. Coyotes, very, very smart. And, and they're biting kids in Chicago and, on the head. And very wary. And what uh, this, what's this? Uh, Rebecca Noker. Noker. She doesn't understand. No. The United States government has spent more money studying how to eradicate coyotes than any other animal they've ever studied. And the consensus is you cannot... No matter what you do, eradicate coyotes because they replace, you take 10 away, next year they're going to give you 12 more. Right. They're, you, you just cannot get rid of them. Nope. And they're very comfortable in Chicago, as we've yeah, learned. Very. And that's, that should actually alarm her because you don't want coyotes being tame. You don't want them to be used to human beings uh, because that's when it gets scary. So, Noah, hey, buddy. These people, these people have a My Golden Book view of life. Oh, look at the cute little furry yeah, cat yeah. there. No, lady, they're man, they're they're mongrels. You guys, there's a. I have a neighborhood Facebook page out in the rural part of the metro area that I live in, and one woman posted, I don't know, a week or so ago, did anyone hear that dog that sounded like he was in pain last night? <laughs> so, lady, we live in Carver. That wasn't a dog in pain. That was a coyote. It was probably a wolf <laughs> no, killing no, a bear. Sorry. Coyote. 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 They're everywhere. We had, my kid called me to his window one night, and you could hear him. Yeah. No one screaming. That's cool. I said, what is that? He goes, it's a coyote. Coyote. And then he went to YouTube and same exact thing. Or is, yep. it, is also a yote an acceptable yes. answer? Yes, or a dog. Coyote. Yeah. Those oh, damn dogs. Dog. Yeah. Joe, it was Molly uh, yeah. Lunaris, yeah. the animal control super in yeah, St. She Paul. welcomed the animals yeah. to town. Yeah. We have she, green spaces. She July needs to of 2018. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she needs to read uh, that, that government study. It's a huge, huge manual. Well, oh. you're making the presumption she can read. <laughs> <laughs> if they're nice, maybe they'll hold their convention in St. Paul. <laughs> Iran Supreme Leader says President Donald Trump is a, quote, clown who only pretends to support the Iranian people but will push a poisonous dagger into their backs. All right, I'm doing it again. Jay Height at Garage that's, that's, Logic. It's not John. It's the Ayatollah it's said that. It's news. The Ayatollah said that, not Mr. Height. All right, it's Ayatollah at GarageLogic.com. <laughs> Ayatollah Height. <laughs> Ayatollah Ali Khamenei said the mass funerals for Iran's top general, who was killed in that U.S. airstrike earlier this month, show that the Iranian people support the Islamic Republic despite its recent trials. In response, Iran launched a barrage of ballistic missiles targeting U.S. troops in Iraq without causing any serious damage. Khamenei said the strike had dealt a blow to America's image as a superpower. He also lashed out at other Western countries, too, saying they're too weak to bring Iranians to their knees. He said Britain, France, and Germany, which this week triggered a dispute mechanism to try and bring Iran back into compliance with the unraveling 2015 nuclear agreement, were contemptible governments and servants of the United States. He said Iran was willing to negotiate, but not with the U.S. Uh, meanwhile, new from the Wall Street Journal, nearly a dozen American troops actually were injured in that Iranian missile attack on two bases in Iraq last week. Defense Department officials are saying after uh, they initially stated there were no casualties, 11 individuals were screened for traumatic brain injuries after the attacks on the two bases in Iraq. Iraq fired a dozen rockets total, uh, 11 rockets total, 
in Erbil. Late Thursday, U.S. Central Command acknowledged there were injuries and 11 service members suffered severe concussions during the attack. Can I share the email story? Or do you want me to? I don't care if you want. Normally, sure. when John gets the extended hate mail, when he rips the president on a he daily basis. He has not ripped the president. I, I, I uh, we'll get a, a number of emails from people that disagree with what maybe John has said during the broadcast. <laughs> and normally, I just thank you for the email. I appreciate it. I'll forward it on to whoever. And then one guy basically wanted John to die a slow and bloody death, but he spelt his last name H-E-I-G-H-T. And I thought that was very funny. Okay. <laughs> he would like Joe to smother Yeah, him. that's what it was. <laughs> We don't have any pillows. I didn't know if I should call security or laugh. I'd... It was worth a good chuckle, <laughs> yeah. I thought. President Trump plans on adding former independent counsel Kenneth Starr and the defense lawyer Alan Dershowitz to his legal team for his trial by the Senate. Uh, Starr, whose investigation into President Clinton's sexual relationships led to his impeachment, will be joined by Robert Ray, who succeeded Starr as independent counsel and wrote the final report on Clinton. Rounding out the team, Alan Dershowitz, the Harvard Law School professor who became famous as a defense counsel for high-profile defendants like O.J. Simpson, the White House counsel Pat Cipollone, and Trump's personal attorney Jay Sekulow will lead the legal team. Uh, Dershowitz has faced some questions recently about his representation of Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, one of Epstein's victims sued Epstein and settled out of court saying he forced her to have sex with Dershowitz. Dershowitz has denied that. Do we have Patrick today at one? Yes, sir. All right. A deaf man has reportedly filed a lawsuit against a popular adult video website for alleged rights violations because it says he says it doesn't provide closed captioning on its videos. What's the website? Pornhub. Never heard of it. (laughs) Yaroslav Suris is suing Pornhub, which hosts millions of adult videos claiming the site's lack of subtitles violates the rights of the deaf and hearing impaid under the American... What's a subtitle for groaning? Good you question. want me to send you one? Right. No, I, I don't want you to. I think it's actually groaning in parentheses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but groan, I, don't, groan, groan, I, I groan. don't know for sure. The Americans with Disabilities Act <laughs> prohibits discrimination against people with disabilities in areas of employment, transportation, you know public what he accommodations. Should do? He should imagine his wife is just upstairs and he had to turn the volume way, way down. Yeah. <laughs> What's this guy's name? Yugoslav Suris. Well, he's some commie. He argues the deaf and hearing impaired can't understand the audio portions of the videos on the site, thus denying them similar access to content. Pornhub Vice President Corny, uh, Corey Price, who says the company usually doesn't comment on pending litigation, responded to the allegation saying, We understand that Suris is suing Pornhub for claiming we've denied the deaf and hearing impaired access to our videos. While we do not generally comment on active lawsuits, we'd like to take this opportunity to point out we do have a closed captions category on the website. So and you can, can get 30-day free in 2020. <laughs> hmm. He could click on that, apparently. The so. most unshocking is he found a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> a Wisconsin man busted for selling weed and possessing other drugs told police he ingested his dead mother's ashes. 26-year-old Austin Schroeder allegedly sold drugs to undercover cops a number of times. Keith no- Richards snorted his old man. <laughs> A number of times oh, from November did? 2019 to January 2020. <laughs> By accident? I guess he tried to. Yeah. It's uh, west of Milwaukee. He denies it. He denies it. Sounds like Keith. A drug task force executed a search warrant on his apartment January 10th, found glass pipes, MDMA, bongs, and an unknown powder. Officers also found a large amount of gold and platinum stashed in a safe in the apartment. 
When the cops started talking to Schroeder about the powder, he told investigators his mother had died in 2019 and she had been cremated. He told cops he mixed his mother's ashes with a variety of substances, some of which he ultimately ingested, according to the police report. Uh, he's been charged with a number of things, including maintaining a drug trafficking place, possession of a controlled substance, and possession of drug paraphernalia. Adults in the United States who binge drink are consuming even more alcohol per binging episode, according to a new study published by the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Can we huh. skip this one? I noticed everybody in the room looked yeah, at each other. Like, each other going, what do you think? <laughs> well, how are you story. doing? I feel good today. Researchers analyzed data from the Behavioral Risk Factor Surveillance System over a six-year period, discovered the annual number of binge drinks among adults who reported excessive drinking jumped on average from 472 in 2011 to 529 in 2017. That in, is in a, what period of time? A six-year period, over a six-year period discovered. Six the, period of time, they had 500 drinks? Oh, I see what you're saying. No, uh, the number, the, the annual number of binge drinks among adults report on excessive drinking. Yes, 472 during the year to 529 in 2017. Well, what if it's part of your work? A 12% decrease. You know, I have increase. a beer show to do, John. I've got to try certain no, products. I, serious question here. What is that per day? What constitutes binge drinking? Well, let me tell you right here. The CDC defines so, binge drinking as... Stop asking questions, Joe. <laughs> Did you say... <laughs> four? Me thinks thou doth protest yes. too much. How many drinks per day? Uh, we don't know. We're I, trying I, to establish. I, I, I mean, I'm sorry, per year. Uh, 529. But binge drinking doesn't mean you drink all the time. See, that's the whole point of binge drinking. So, let me define binge drinking for you. It's only a a drink and a half. A day? Well, that's not... John... But binge drinking is consumption. You take four days off, and then all of a sudden you have three days. You're just pouring it Here's how it's defined. (laughs) CDC defines binge drinking as five drinks or more for men, or four or more for women on a single occasion. Binge drinking has serious health risks, according to the CDC, including car accidents, domestic violence, STDs, unintentional pregnancy, stroke, and heart and liver disease. I have a hard time uh, locking the garage. That's my that's my problem. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to get the motor skills where you're... And that's after two. I binge, I binge drink I up to two. I only have two, right. Didn't know I could I drive a bus. Twice. Yeah, I didn't know I could drive a bus, right. The study noted significant increases among people with lower education levels and household incomes. Those without a high school diploma had a spike of almost 50% from 646 to 942 drinks a year. Binge drinks among people with household incomes less than twenty-five grand a year rose. Hey, you cheeseheads, Green Bay Packer fans. <laughs> yes, sir. Guess what Spencer is now uh, providing at Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo? Mm. What? Brand new brat, beer cheese brat. Really? Just wow. keep it simple, A baby. pork, beer cheese, cheese curds, bacon, green onion, cheddar cheese. Holy huh? Huh? Oh, man. Just in time for Sunday? This, listen, what's Damn. new with the uh, at Grunhofer's? 14 kinds of summer sausage. Wild rice, cheddar, dill pickle, garlic, cranberry, wild rice, jalapeno, hot pepper, cheese, fresh pork belly and side pork, pre-made meatloaf, and uh, they'll even take care of your dogs. Raw and smoked dog bones and pig ears for dogs. Huh? Huh? Soup time? Oxtails, beef shanks, pork hocks, fr- uh, fresh and smoked pork neck bones, and also that new brat, beer cheese. Just in time for Sunday when Green Bay travels all <laughs> the way out to San Francisco yeah. for the uh, conference championship. And uh, you can load up at uh, Grunhofer's and be prepared for Sunday. Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats, it's at the north end of Hugo. 
on the east side of Highway 61. You can't miss it. They have a really neat big red GL sign out front. This is the Garage Logic meat capital of the you, world. You'll want to load up on those for the Super Bowl, too. Yeah. Oh, you're fans. funny. You're real funny. I have a buddy who every year has three New Year's resolutions. Let's call him Bob. He rarely succeeds in these resolutions, and he's not alone. Only 10% of us do succeed. Then it hit me. Bob should call the Canopy Group. Why? Because Bob wants to read more? No. Because Bob wants to lose 20 pounds? No, we're not going to help with that. But we can help him with the third resolution, and that is to save money. He can start by calling the Canopy Group with its 20 professional agents. They can help Bob save money on his home and auto insurance and have better coverage. The Canopy Group's 16 companies assure Bob's success, not just this year. They will do this for Bob every year. Bob will get the best coverage at the best price. Our clients save an average of $628 annually. Hand your New Year's resolution over to the Canopy Group and be part of the 10% with Bob who succeed in accomplishing at least one New Year's resolution. Call 800-967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Suchere. This is from NPR. Uh, frequent emailer Tim uh, sent this, and he's a reliable source. Plus, all you people in Euphoria, Liberal Lakes, and Diversityville will have to accept this as, as a source. It's NPR. Uh, Thursday's podcast discussed the redevelopment of the Rosedale Mall that is being done by a real estate company called Jones Lang LaSalle. That company was started by billionaire William Sanders, who was born in St. Paul but raised in El Paso, Texas. William Sanders is the father-in-law of another famous El Paso resident, Beto O'Rourke. According to their most recent tax returns, Beto and his wife Amy Sanders made $366,455 in 2017. Care to guess how much they gave to charity that year? <laughs> a whopping $1,166, which represents less than 0.3% of their income. That's less than 100 bucks a month. Liberals want to help the poor, but only with your money. And then I, uh, he linked me to a story that shows uh, Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders released 10 years worth of tax returns this week. The documents underscore how much money the populist president candidate has earned in recent years as his public profile is writ risen in an interview with the New York Times before the returns were made public. Sanders dismissed the idea that his newfound wealth undercut his billionaire bashing message. I wrote a best-selling book, he told the paper. If you write a best-selling book, you can be a millionaire too. Well, I, no, you can't. The tax returns show that Sanders earned more than $1 million recently, making $1,131,925 in 2017 between himself and his wife, Jane, and paying a total of $343,882 in taxes at a 30% rate. Most of that money came in connection with the book Sanders wrote after his 2016 bid, Where We Go From Here. That year, their adjusted gross income was a million. 62626 But the royalties from that book have slowed, and in 2018, Sanders and his wife made $561,293, and they gave uh, $18,950 to charity, 3.4% of their income. Uh, and I have more here, if you, if you would like to know. Uh, they're all kind of the same, though, aren't they? The well, we're going to find same out. Same story. Senators uh, Kirsten Gillibrand of New York, Elizabeth Warren of Mass, Amy Klobuchar of Minnesota, Kamala Harris of California, as well as Washington Governor Jay Inslee have all 
already made their 2018 tax returns public. Uh, so far, those have shown that Harris and her husband made the most money, paid the most in taxes, and were taxed at the highest rate. Uh, Gillibrand, adjusted income, two hundred fourteen grand. Charity, $3,700, 1.8%. Harris, $1,884,000. Charity, $27,000, Inslee, uh, $202,000. Charity, uh, $8,200, 4.1%. Klobuchar, uh, $338,000. How did she make $338,000? That's not a senator's salary. No. And she hasn't written a book that I'm aware of. She gave $6,602 to charity, or 2%. Elizabeth Warren made $846,394 and gave $50,128 to charity, or 5.9%. I don't know uh, what the uh, rule of thumb is on what you should give in charity. Right. I don't know either. In in tithing. I have no idea. Uh, But uh, Beto O'Rourke takes the cake, huh? Yeah. Nice guy. 0.3% 0.3% of their income. I think it should be higher than that. Less than 100 bucks a month. Yeah. That's hard to do. That's really hard to do. I do about 40, 40 to 60 a month. Grand? Uh, no, uh, to charity, but I don't make any money. Yeah. Don't look at me. <laughs> and I was going to say, there's some months where actually you cover that. Yeah. yeah. I think you're giving for all of us. I think you, you covered me in, in yeah, uh, December, Joe. Yeah. And well, maybe back in the no, fall. No, in fact, too. what was it? When Rookie would have the Boy Scout sign up, we'd all order from whether it was the Matthew popcorn, or Gabe, yeah. we'd order popcorn. And Such, I got you down for, you know, X. Just give me the 50. <laughs> give me the 50. And now. I got to tell you, a really easy way to donate to charity is to drop your car off at that joint that you used to do. Newgate. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, selling a $1,000 pile of crap is a pain in right. the butt. And I it's completely agree. so yeah. much easier to just run it up to new. Is that Bay. what you did with Mrs. Olson's car? We gave it away, actually. Yeah. We gave it to uh, Ben's cousin. Yeah. yeah. In he'll, fact, he'll grind on it. He'll work on it. In hey, fact, oh, go, go, you go ahead. I was but just it better say, be brief. No, it was about the Newgate deal. <laughs> They literally drove all the way out to my house and came literally, and got it. Yeah. They, didn't, they, they did that for me. Yeah, too. I've been meaning to make a motion. Can we table the word literally I know. on the I'm program? So Sorry. I'm the most guilty. Can you add that to your fog hornables? What it, is literally? It, it hasn't occurred to me that that's been uh, misused. No, it's Chris. Me. Chris I, and I, I both use I it am, too much. I am very, very guilty of it, and I'm sorry. You know, I we have fun. I found, I'm gonna try again. I found uh, Amy what where she makes her money. Me? Yes, I want to know. 174 John. grand a year as senator. Uh, she still receives royalties from her 2015 memoir, The Senator Next Door, oh. and she has some uh, investments in a number of mutual fund stocks and bonds. Well, uh-huh. good for her. Yeah, I still want to have her as a guest, and it's just wow. tough to cut through her wall of protection. I think once Iowa is all done, it's done. She, well, it's not done, is it? They will come on. Speaking of that got to get this off my chest. I, I'm not voting in the primary. Bleep these people. What do you the mean? public class gets enough out of me, and now they're uh, demanding that if you vote in the primary, you have to declare your party, and the party gets to use that information. Really? Well, the hell with them. Yeah, exactly. I'm not voting in the primary. So wait a minute. Uh, run that Minnesota's by- first primary since 1992 yep. will require voters to pick a Republican or Democratic ballot at their polling place. All of the state's major political parties, the DFL, the Republican Party, Grassroots Legalized Cannabis Party, and the Legalized Marijuana Now Party, will get lists showing which party each voter chose. Oof. Yeah. 
And there's really no guidelines on what that, those parties can do with that information. Yeah, for what reason would you want to gather that info? There are no restrictions on how the parties use that data, which would allow them to sell the information or post it online. Secretary of State Steve Simon said the legislature should change the law quickly before votes are counted in the March 3rd primary. I'm concerned this will have a chilling effect, Simon said. Uh, he's right. It's had a chilling effect on me. I'm not voting. I think that is really bad for Minnesota voters and bad for voter privacy, and that's why our office is pushing legislation that will impose that will impose some real teeth and some real limitations on what the parties can do with that data. Simon said at a minimum he wanted to see restrictions on how the parties could use the data. Minnesota voters should be able to opt out from appearing on the list, he said. Early election voting starts 46 days before the election, but there's time for the legislature to change the privacy law because the votes aren't counted until March 3rd. When Minnesota switched from a caucus system to a primary for the 2020 election, the political parties asked for the data. It's needed to comply with national party rules and will assist in targeting potential voters, they have said. Voters will have to sign an oath to get a ballot. Hmm. The process requires a voter to certify that I am in general agreement with the principles of the party for whose candidate I intend to vote. The political parties will not receive data showing the specific candidate that the voter chooses. Uh, the 1992 primary was not binding on the DFL delegates, meaning it was of little consequence. The last time Minnesota had a non had a binding primary was 1956. Uh, I, I, I I disagree. I'm not voting. Simon says go vote. I'm not. I'm not doing it. So only those parties that you mentioned, the weed parties and the yep. right. So no libertarians, no independents. Apparently no. not. Huh. Now get this: enthusiastic early voters have camped out. Oh, oh my what? God! Yeah, this is dated uh, today. Like it's Best Buy and Black Friday. This is from NPR, uh, with temperatures hovering around zero. Minneapolis resident Over. Davis Senzeman and a handful of friends bundled up in a rented RV last night. They parked the camper outside a local polling spot, hoping to be among the first in the nation to cast ballots in the 2020 presidential primary. Early voting officially opened in Minnesota today, though the votes won't be counted until the March 3rd presidential primary, the first Minnesota has held since 1992. Senzeman supports Elizabeth Warren, and uh, that's why he wants to get in there early and... and, uh, uh, cast his vote for Elizabeth Warren. Apparently she had quite a crowd camped out there. Uh, they apparently don't work or have very little to do or anticipate that Elizabeth will take care of them. Uh, in downtown Minneapolis, about three dozen people gathered to rally for Sanders of Vermont. In America, you should be able to go to the doctor without fear of financial ruin. And I'll tell you all about uh, Bernie's promises. Uh Wow, what kind of life do you have if you get an RV and camp out overnight to vote in essentially a meaningless primary? Huh? What the hell's wrong with you people? Wow. But how great yesterday was the Larry David music oh my underneath God. Warren and uh, Bernie Sanders. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, you, it I was, I'll pull it up here. It was would really, you pull really it up? funny. Yeah, I would love to see this. So it's it was hilarious. at the conclusion, right, Rook? It was at the conclusion of the, of the uh, Correct. debate. Yeah. Yep. So I take it, John Height, you help me here. I take it it's by legislative action, the creation of a law that allows the parties to demand your oath at the time of primary. I would assume the parties don't so. have that power. No, and if it wasn't law before, which it wasn't, obviously, right. you, you voted in these. Right. 
and uh, it had to have been. Yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm not voting then. Yeah. I have it, Rook. If you okay. want me to pull it up here, I, mean, I, I want. I want Joe to see it though too. Oh, okay. This is where uh, after the uh, debates in Iowa, Elizabeth Warren went up to Bernie and said, "I believed you just called me a liar in public." I think you called me a liar on national TV. What? I think you called me a liar on national TV. Let's not do it right now. We want to have that discussion. We'll have that discussion. You called me a liar. You called me. All right, let's not do it. Now. I don't want to get in I just want to say hi, Bernie. Yeah, good. That's beautiful. I was just, rookie. That was brilliant. Whoever sent that uh, to you, Dave, Dave Rubin. Okay, and I saw uh, Matthew <laughs> sent it to me and said, "Did you see this? It's oh. hilarious." And so I jumped on. Curb your enthusiasm, Bernie. <laughs> That's oh my God. Let's a... come back with Patrick. Sounds good. All right. All right, GLers, we got something brand new for you. PodMN is a new mobile app dedicated to local Minnesota-based podcasts. You can find hundreds of podcasts about the Vikes, Wild, all sorts of sports, local news, local personalities, true crime stories, and so much more. Listen to the GL uh, Garage Logic podcast, Johnny Heights, Fret Club, Monday Night Sports Talk, or any of the GL family podcasts, including Table Talk with Rookie's Family. And the Beer Show! And the Beer Show at PodMN is the app. Check it out online. Download PodMN now on your phone's app store or learn more by visiting PodMN.com. That's PodMN.com. Nope. Yep. Nope. And double click. Let's go to this one. <laughs> wow. Smooth. Yeah, very smooth. One job. One job. Go to PodMN.com. I... I didn't realize you were recording that. I thought you were pre-reading or something. It's like, I can't remember the last time you practiced anything. Well, yeah, you can tell I did not pre-read there. Hey, Pat. Yes, Joe. Uh, why did Destiny Pitts get suspended for body language? What does that mean? Uh, it wasn't body language. Uh, she'd been, uh, I, I was told that uh, it was a rather blatant subordination. And then I guess the kicker was when they substituted out of a game uh, last week, she gave the coaches the finger. Oh. <laughs> well, that's body language, walk, isn't it? She was walking off the court. That was body language. Yes, it was. And then uh, Lindsay gave her some uh, uh, behavioral things that she had to do to uh, be reinstated, and she basically told them to go bleep themselves. So uh, that was that was it. destiny. Was it was not going well, and then the uh, the Bellow sisters uh, supported her and did not make the trip last week, and now they have been. Uh, then they came back and said, "Okay, uh, we want to be part of the team," but. Uh, yeah, Destiny's a Detroit kid, and uh, got a little edge to her, and uh, she's, uh, I don't know, I don't know if her and Lindsay were not getting along from the get-go, or what, but uh, I, I think the public display of the uh, of the one-fingered salute was uh, what uh, triggered the uh, fact that she was going to have to apologize to the team, or, and do some other things, or not be reinstated, and she said, no, thank you. So, Pat, what was the, the, could you describe the finger? Was it the Kenny Olsen I'm pulling into the parking no. lot double gun salute, or was this <laughs> no, the, no, I don't know. with authority? I don't know if it was the, I don't think it was the one you slide along your face and you do it very, uh, <laughs> I think this was, uh, I think this was known to the people who were uh, in the, in attendance, uh, from what I understand. Because yeah, nobody but, gives the finger like my man Kenny. Yeah. <laughs> this wasn't like Prince well, Charles flipping the bird to President Trump, right? <laughs> Scratching his... Yeah. Uh, I sometimes I yell at the same times just so they know what's happening. Big. Yeah. Pat, I'd so search I got, in vain for... A couple of, 
I got a couple of topics. Here we go. Okay. Road rage is one. <laughs> I'm now a supporter. <laughs> <laughs> Please explain. <laughs> I've, I've not. I've never been big on you know these screaming obscenities in your car. That's fine. Yeah. That's not road rage. That's contained. You know, but. You know, the getting out of the car, grabbing somebody by the throat and attempting to kill them, I'd always been against that. Yeah. But then yesterday, I was down on Highway 41. You, you, but you've tried to tie, uh, cross Tommy Miami Trail, right? Many times. Uh, yes. Well, we were sitting there at the light for perhaps, and I wanted to dash across to the other side, right? Right. We were sitting at the light for perhaps six minutes, waiting for this key opportunity and some old bag, two cars in front of me, never left. Oh. <laughs> I think, well, let's uh, would have, uh, would have, would have, I, I could have pleaded innocent. I think I could have gotten away with it. <laughs> <laughs> so how so, many green lights did she sit through? No, one green light, but it only lasts like 40 seconds, and then you got to wait another six minutes. And right? she didn't go. She didn't go. Oh. She wanted to make sure that, that there were, were no cars within a hundred miles before she left. Yeah. <laughs> oh God! I, I, oh my, my, my! The words I said were just not really <laughs> too proper. That's no, for sure. I'm sure. And B, does your bride ever give you a list to take to the grocery store? Or don't you do that? Does she just do that herself? She, ninety nine percent of the time, it's herself. But I have, on occasion, very rarely, been given the list. Carrots. Yeah. So so today, today I was on the list was sweet Italian dressing, you know, salad dressing. Right. And uh, as I left, I said, how do I know if it's sweet? You know, yeah. it, you know, is there sweet? Is there bitter? Is there in right. between? Right. right. That's a how legitimate question. That's a legitimate question. <laughs> and I got the look of complete disgust. Right. <laughs> Is it going to say sweet on the bottle or not? That's what I would want to know. Never got an answer. Yep. So now I run into the Italian dressings. There's 12 of them. I can't find a sweet in the whole damn world. <laughs> yep. I conducted some of the... I, I conversed with some of the world's leading experts. Right. Housewives passing me. Yes. Uh, clerks working at the store. Is this sweet? They all looked at me like I was nuts asking if it was sweet or not. They said, everybody said, I don't know. It's Italian dressing. <laughs> so I bought something. I'll get home. What do you think the odds are it passes muster as sweet? Well, I, zero. I can tell you, I can tell you what I've learned. I demand a complete explanation, which I write <laughs> down. Even if I have to go to get two <laughs> yeah. items, I want a complete yeah. description. I yeah. want size. Yeah. I want carrots? the wording on you the bottle, I, and I want to know where it is in the store. <laughs> yeah. The big ones or the little carrots? Yeah. Big it, ones, little ones. You, yeah. you want the ones you got to peel with the green stuff on top of them, or you want the little ones? <laughs> you know. Which ones do you want? If, well, it, if it helps you any, Pat, uh, I do the shopping at our house mostly. I've never heard yeah. of sweet Italian dressing, so yeah. you can tell. Well, her, apparently, tell. there's a restaurant that advertises a salad with sweet Italian dressing on it. Huh. And, uh, you know, uh, 
You know, I think I'll just say, put some sugar in it and leave me alone. I think, I think you got no shot. No shot. No. Zero. 50, 50, 90. Zero. Rook, 50, what if a 50, guy, 90 rule. Rook, what if a guy was t- sent out to get maybe a wheel of cheese? <laughs> yeah, a wheel of cheese. He would find out later when he found the cheese that it costs about $100. I had to roll it out to the car. <laughs> <laughs> I take it we were having a party. That was just not you and the bride nipping on it. No, no, I was instructed to get something. That damn thing was about the size of a tire. <laughs> Roycey, did you go out to the Keys this week? Yes, we were there for a day and a half. Yeah, the Keys were, uh, we went uh, down there, and uh, Wall Street's looking kind of, you know, it just doesn't have the same appeal when you're sober. (laughs) 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 Yeah, it doesn't. Uh, So we we hung out, we ate at a nice restaurant, and didn't do much of anything, to be honest, but. We decided to take a drive to uh, kind of solve all our problems, and all it did was raise more. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> you want to really, uh, really quickly, let's figure out who's going to be in the Super Bowl, and I'm going to tell you it's going to be San Francisco and Kansas City. I believe you're correct. I'm hoping for Big Tubby Andy Reid to get there because he's a yep. great coach and he gets so much abuse because they fall on their face so much and. <laughs> and uh, the poor guy standing on the sideline last week when it was 21 to nothing at about four minutes. He didn't know what the hell hit him. When they blocked that punt, did you see the look on oh, his face? Oh. And he said, like, I told them. <laughs> I told them these guys might block a punt, do something about it. And, uh, and then to come back and win like that is uh, fantastic. So I, I think they'll win, yeah. I think the uh, Tennessee is, you can, you can, Ryan Tannehill can't take you to the Super Bowl, can he? Well, even though he might have the best looking wife in the history of the NFL, I don't think he can. Well, that counts for something. Yes, it does. <laughs> it got him through the hard times when he was getting uh, <laughs> getting bad mouthed in Miami. He got the big contract, and they couldn't play worth a damn. In fact, all bad I don't. But he could go home to Mama. I don't think he's thrown for over a hundred yards in either of their playoff wins. <laughs> well. Kirk didn't throw for over 100 the other day, did he? Yeah, but he's on his couch right now, Pat. Yeah, right. That's true. That's true. He didn't throw for over 100. We got the big hockey day going on here, Pat. The big hockey day in Minnesota is happening. We're supposed to get a blizzard. How are we going to play on the outdoor rink at Trade Stadium? Uh, Where are we going to play outdoors at Trade Stadium? Yes. uh, Yes. With the the four feet of snow, it isn't going to help. It doesn't not work. That's... That I think that is Minneapolis hockey in a nutshell. We we schedule uh, hockey day in Minnesota, give Minneapolis hockey a boost, and everything will get snowed out. So that's the way that goes. The American Express tournament in the desert is that what you and I still call the Bob Hope? Yes, that's the Bob Hope. All right, the Palm Springs, and our. Uh, of course, in the old days, they played five rounds, and it was uh, the only 90 old tournament. I tried uh, vainly in the paper today to find scores, only to realize I was reading yesterday's paper. So I <laughs> oh, didn't, really? didn't find anything in there. <laughs> well, it happens. It happens. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I can't go get the paper down here in the fort because nothing's in it because, the, you know, the early deadlines. Well, get the, na- get the Daily News. The Naples Daily News is a pretty good paper. Yeah, I like. I loved it when we used to have a play. Uh, when you used to rent down by there, because 
the old the Naples people bitching about snowbirds causing traffic was just worth it. The letters <laughs> to the editor were just oh yeah nuts. yeah. <laughs> they had one plan one year that got great endorsement from the letters to the editor. If you were a snowbird, you had to have a special. A uh, patch on your car, rent a car, whatever, and you could only stay in the right lane. You couldn't pass. For like three weeks, everybody was supporting. That's a damn good idea. Yeah. Wait, let now, snowbirds use our left lane. Now, Patrick, I brought this up earlier in the week on Garage Logic. When do we get to start collecting on the tab of Patrick saying, "If the twins sign Josh Donaldson, I'm buying every Twins fan a beer." <laughs> I did not say every Twins fan. I said the first five Twins fans that come up to me at Fort Myers. And I'll do that. Mm -hmm. I'll do that. But five of them, that's it. Five is the limit. Well, I don't blame the guy. What if it's the same guy five times? Well, I know. I'm not going to buy him five beers. I'll remember in fact, I might, you know, I got, I get there early. I could, might sneak it in in a little, I might sneak a six-pack in in a little, uh, Just hand them little bag there instead of play, say, pay the prices for the beers at the, at the uh, wall. Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, the fact is Josh and his agent are trying to bluff people that there was $110 million out there, and I went to the bluff. I, I was one of the people that said, oh, well, if he's going to get that much money, there's no chance. And they're obviously, obviously the Twins had the best uh, money deal on the table uh, four years, 92. Where are, you right, where are you right now? I'm in uh, Publix parking lot. In the parking lot? <laughs> Publix. Yes. Okay. I was just in the uh, store uh, trying to find Italian sweet. Sweet, sweet, Italian, uh, yeah. yeah. And some plantains. Yeah. Yeah, I always like going to the public down here, though. I feel young. <laughs> <laughs> but I felt like one of the real old-timers today because I was looking at all the bottles to see if I had the right stuff, and it looked like I was this typical looking at the price to see if I could save seven cents. You know, so, <laughs> I love the... I love the 82-year-old guy that was there and his wife, and they have a big discussion as to whether they're going to buy something or not. Go ahead. It's a loaf of bread. You can afford it. Very <laughs> <laughs> important, honey. Yeah. Well, good luck to you. You head home, and uh, you got no shot. That's the 50-50-90 rule. When yeah. you had a 50% chance of being right, you're going to be wrong 90% of the time. As the snow started, yeah. Yes. Not, not in the... Uh, yes. Yes, it has. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, well, All right. good luck, fellas. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. We're going to be back with the scramble, huh? All right, scramble coming up. Finally, thank God today is Friday. Scramble! Festive scramble if this blizzard hits us. I'll say. See, we have reason to be proud. Minnesota's top teacher knelt during Monday night's college football championship game. I saw that. Mm -hmm. Kelly Holstein, who won Minnesota's 2019 Teacher of the Year Award, knelt in protest while being honored along with other teachers at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome in New Orleans. 
And she apparently did so because Donald Trump and his wife showed up, right? Yep. Uh, I just I just decided it felt like the right thing to do to have a respectful protest. Holstein said she was motivated to kneel during the anthem for communities that are express oppressed under the Trump administration. Who's oppressed under who, the Trump administration? Who that? Yeah, right. Who is that? How cool though was it when the crowd erupted with USA as yeah. the president and the first lady walked up? I that watched the cool. game. I didn't see this gal uh, take the knee. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, think they, they showed her. her. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think they did. Mm-hmm. And thank goodness they didn't. Uh, she's a non-conform, non-gender conforming lesbian. I don't oh. know if that's anything to do with her. I don't think Trump is opposed to lesbians, is he? I don't think so. I don't think so. Holstein was an English teacher at a Shakopee Alternative High School when she was named Minnesota Teacher of the Year for 2018-19. She is no longer a public school teacher. She's uh, with Outfront Minnesota, I believe. And uh, Wait, how can she win the award if she's no longer a teacher? She won it if, she when won. she oh, was I a see. teacher. I see. Okay. Last year, she and another award-winning teacher, Jessica Duenas of Kentucky, skipped a White House ceremony for the National Teacher of the Year to protest the Trump's administration's education policies. So she's ours. She was from, uh, there's a picture over here, Neely. Got it. Yeah, I did the, see that. Uh, during the anthem. Got the shaved head. Uh, she Always a, good luck. A, appears to uh, not have a full head of hair, but uh, that's neither here nor there. Sure. Uh, so there you have it. Uh, Coming from a guy who doesn't have a full... That's right. That's right. I have no business talking about anybody's hair, do I? Uh, My hair's kind of unkempt. Did you get your hair cut the other day? I did. boy. Yeah. Say, uh, get to Fratelloni's and get oh. what you're going to need. Salt, you're going to need shovels, you're going to need brooms. <laughs> the way they're talking about this, we're all going to die. Let's so, talk you know. about our buddy, Mr. Mike Fratelloni, for a second, shall we? Mm-hmm. He just had a birthday, didn't he? Yeah, yesterday, or, or Wednesday. Okay. It's John Hyde's birthday today. Happy birthday. Yeah, That's happy right. birthday, happy Johnny. Birthday. I forgot your thing. So Thank we're you. doing the beer show last night, which you can find on Pod <laughs> MN, by the way. Uh, Alaskan Brewing Company was the guest. And the delight, the glee in his voice... Last night doing that show, knowing all of the snow that was about to hit us, <laughs> oh, yeah. because he's going to sell shovels, he's going to sell ice melt. He was giddy. Yeah. He'll sell snow he's blowers, giddy. which oh, yeah. I believe yeah. are, I'm supposed to refer to them as snow throwers. Snow throwers. Okay. Snow throwers. Why? Because a leaf blower is a blower, a uh, a, a snow machine that that removes snow from your driveway, throws no, it. No, throws I'm it. not going. I got that from that. a guy who sells them. Uh, I don't care. Right. There's snowblowers. All right, fine. <laughs> okay, well, mine's ready to go. And rookie right. repairs them. Yep. Here's yeah, what's rookie right. repair yeah. service. What the do you rope need? thing. Here's what's going to happen. Faucets. Big blizzard. You're going to go out on the highways. Somebody's going to run into you. A hundred percent chance that that's going to happen. That's when you're going to pick up the phone and call Schoonover Auto Body and Glass. Yeah, very nice, very smooth. Well, I hope it doesn't happen on the Stay way safe, up to Edge It's going to happen. No, it's not on the way happen. to Grand Hoppers. <laughs> Let's just go and hunker down. <laughs> yeah. GarageLogic.com. Wow. When you're snowed in, that's what you should be listening to. The Fret Club, Table Talk, Garage Logic, The Beer Show. You got podcasts galore. And you can find them all at podmn.com. Subscribe and make it really easy on yourself. Or go old school and go to garagelogic.com. Good luck with the snow.